0: Beloveds, welcome into today's episode. Before we get started, I have a quick disclaimer for us. Uh, this episode was recorded a while back, well before Joe Biden elected his uh, new vice president, uh, future vice president, hopefully Kamala Harris. Not the that Dado shift me or Anthony's political views because he's not a Joe Biden guy. Although I'm not a Joe Biden guy, I may get Trump out of here guy. And by default, that kind of makes you a Joe Biden guy. So just want to throw that disclaimer out there because this is a very political conversation, and that's the biggest news that dropped recently. So I don't want that to go unaddressed. So, you know, just that quick disclaimer out there. Enjoy today's episode featuring my man Anthony. Very, very, very good political mind. I think you're going to enjoy this one. All right, tune in. Welcome back <laughs> to another beautiful episode of Experiment 301. I am your host, brother, beloved, also known as Kevin Pierce. I had a real, real special guest on today with I don't like to get into intellectual arguments with many people. I feel, call me arrogant, I don't care, I feel I'm way too intelligent to engage in conversations that are not based on fact and logic and intellect have gone behind each other. The gentleman on the other side of this call, I've never had that experience. I know if I'm arguing with him, he's not just giving me hot takes. He's giving me <laughs> some well-thought-out intellectual shit that really could impact the world. Ladies and gentlemen, let me introduce you to a dear friend of mine. I may butcher his last name. But <laughs> Let's <now>. see. <laughs> I apologize now because enunciation is not my thing. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Anthony ply <laughs> Did I let it? You, you got the name. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah you did. You yeah, did. You
1: did. Now, it's, it's usually the spelling that trips people up because they, they think it's like plog or something because of the double A. And yeah, last yeah, thing. the last name, but I, yeah, you, you got, got it.
0: Silent. And I ain't know if it was pop. I ain't know.
1: No, I
0: it may be in Europe, it is. I don't know.
1: <laughs> but here, but <laughs> it's plot. always okay. been pronounced
0: like plague in America. So, there we go. There we go. So, it's gonna be we're gonna do a little different of a podcast today. A little different. I know usually I'm deep diving and getting all up in my guest business, but today we're gonna go more topic based because again, I love to talk. Uh, intellectually with my man Anthony. So we're gonna go. First things first, I have to start with this. Joe Biden, at the time we recorded,
1: <laughs> I, I knew it. I was like, we're going time like we the recording-
0: Biden. We're recording this podcast. A couple days back, Joe Biden decided to let out of his mouth if you're struggling as the weather to vote for me or Donald Trump, then you ain't black.
1: Yes, he did say that.
0: He said this on the Breakfast Club. As his assistant was trying to get him off the mic like three times, he just had to get his shit off. So before I get to my thoughts as the black person in
1: the room, Anthony, I got to ask you, what do what, what what we feel? So I've been very vocal about how I don't like Joe Biden. Absolutely.
0: Um,
1: I've been very vocal about that. Um, and I've also been very vocal about how I think that our uh, electoral system has failed us.
0: Um,
1: and how and yeah, how, how our electoral system has failed us and. How ultimately it's not necessarily the people who get to make decisions, um, but the the political parties and business interests that have penetrated the political system. Um, and you get career politicians that are in there for a very long time. People like Joe Biden, um, Joe Biden and Donald Trump being the two for now. I'm, I mean, I don't think they're going to get rid of Biden. There is a thing on Twitter with a hashtag I saw called replace Biden, but to be frank with you, I don't think the Democratic Party is going to get rid of. Out. Yeah, I don't think they're going to get rid of Joe Biden. Um, so you're stuck with Biden and Trump as the Democrat and the Republican, and um, yeah, if that's really the the two best candidates that America can provide, then we're in some some serious trouble. Um, just but to give you a little. Not,
0: but we know that not to be true, though. Like we know that there were better candidates on the ticket both sides.
1: Absolutely. But-
0: yeah, Plus, they're yeah,
1: just yeah, out. yeah. Again, again, and I have a whole thing where I think that political parties often, oftentimes, represent business interests. Oh, we'll get um, Don't worry, we'll get yeah, the whole thing. One, one thing, um, one thing but yeah, just to provide uh, a little historical perspective about Biden and Trump, um, both of them have been, uh, I would argue, have have been uh, very serious have exhibited very serious racist behavior since the 70s.
0: Um,
1: I did a paper two years ago, three years ago, two years ago, something like that, um, for my writing and public history. I believe it was my writing history class. And I decided to do a historical look at um, two case studies. I decided to study... Uh, American attitudes of nativism and racism okay. and compare them to some of tr- Trump's history to sort of suggest that Donald Trump himself is explain, both a racist and a nativist using
0: na- um, historical evidence. That don't know the term. Know sure, knows, sure, sure, sure. Nativism.
1: Um, nativism, as far as I can describe it, is is very similar to, to xenophobia. They kind of play into each other. Okay. Nativism is this idea that uh, only... Only things that are that are American. Only if you're born on American soil are you good or only if you, you know, it, it's a Absolutely. it's a tendency toward, um, I would say a tendency toward. Uh, I wouldn't say patriotism, I would say closer to nationalism, I this idea that
0: what, I think that's what patriotism became. I think the original concept of patriotism, which the Patriot Act, obviously, when George Bush passed it, the intention was. We have so much pride in ourselves as Americans, so we're going to use this pride to protect us as a country. That was the intention. What it became was America for life, fuck everybody else, yada, 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 yada. So it's another thing that our government does, which is a very common theme I'm sure we'll touch on, is intention versus reality. Where we started, where our intention was, and where we ended up ending up. Continue, though. I really want to hear about these cases. Yeah.
1: Yeah, well... well, uh... Yeah, yeah. Patriotism. Patriotism goes back a little further than that. Um, I'm not entirely sure how far, but I know that the notion of of being a patriot or patriotism goes back pretty far within the history of the nation state itself. Um, but in regards to uh, the history, I was trying to get with with nativism and uh, racism. Uh, I was able to go pretty far back and and see some of the things that Donald Trump had done earlier in his career and one of those things was in 1973 him and his father were sued by Richard Nixon's Justice Department for housing discrimination against black people um and this is something that like honestly I would have thought would have been a um well I I I don't know I don't know what I necessarily think anymore because I used to have this high (laughs) opinion of government where I used to be like well you would think that because so and so did this and it would be it would eliminate them from public office. But I'm learning more and more that the government as a, as a, as an entity, this, the state as an entity is a, is a lot more corrupt than, than we necessarily give it credit for.
0: And maybe we hold the, the requirements of these public offices, of to high regard. I've thought about that as well. Like I think of maybe the senators look at it like, you nah, he's just a mayor. You yeah, just put him in there. And he does a little crack. So what? Nah, just put him. I really think there may be like a kind of pompous hierarchy somewhere. In the government, where they're just like, man, eh, all right, let him in. Especially now that we have a celebrity in chief as a president, it's like at this point the bar is so low that if Dwayne the Johnson was very serious about being like the mayor of California or some shit. He'll win. Hell, Arnold Schwarzenegger was the was the mayor of our uh, California for
1: a while. The mayor, of the yeah. There's there's definitely um there's some definitely something to be said about the relationship between. Social status, hierarchy, and political power—the interplay of those three things in in people getting uh, or, or or even searching for elected office. Um, but yeah, yeah. Anyhow, I Trump definitely has a history of racist actions dating all the way back to the seventies. Um, this particular incident that I'm referencing is um, hi, him and his father were real estate sort of tycoons selling real estate all over New York. And there was a sting operation done by the FBI where they would send in white patrons and black patrons. And every time a white patron was sent in, they got showed, uh, they got shown, shown, showed either one works. I was, think. Yeah.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I don't know. To, I have a have degree have in history, not in English. Um, <laughs> so so, yeah, and white patrons were shown available real estate, whereas when they sent in black patrons, they were told that there was no real estate available. Um, and this is just one one incident uh, that, that goes back that far. And Biden, this is the tie-in to Biden, because I, I, I very much believe that both of them have exhibited racist actions dating all the way back to the 70s to present. Um, and Joe Biden... Was once friends with Strom Thurmond. He eulogized Strom Thurmond, who was a very, very well-known um, white nationalist, white supremacist. I believe he was a Dixiecrat. I think he was a Dixiecrat. Um, I know he was a, a Southerner who was really, really for segregation. Um, not a good dude to be associated with. He really didn't don't want to be associated with Strom Thurmond. But Biden eulogized him, you know, and. And and he this was somebody that he was willing to eulogize, a, a white supremacist who fought for segregation. Also, Joe Biden also has fought for segregation um, in the past before. With uh, He he was fighting the integration of the busing system in America in the 70s, mm-hmm. um, which is something actually Kamala Harris called him out on in one of the debates. I don't know which one, but she called him out on, Real quick on, on Kamala. not supporting busing. Yeah,
0: real, real quick on Kamala Harris. You know she's gonna be strong consideration to be his running mate. Like I thought it was just smoking mirrors because he had a lot of pressure for a black one. But like, no, apparently there's like really strong consideration that she could be his running mate. I think I
1: think he didn't he announce that Klobuchar was his running mate or I, I did think I did I not announced it? I don't
0: think it's announced yet. I don't. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Out, I don't know, but
1: I don't. I could I could have sworn I saw on. Then again, there's there's my issue. Is is scrolling through Twitter and finding something something that says something and it not being true,
0: man, but I uh,
1: yeah, I had heard something.
0: All together after 2016, man. Like I've really, read so many times, I was like, yeah, bro, I'm cool. Like my Facebook memories from 2015 and 16 is me getting hot takes off on fake articles and me reading them back like, damn, bro, the Daily Sun, the daily. Yeah. Like yeah, the,
1: I. But the I've the daily, grown you from there.
0: Between them, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I definitely, I definitely, really, I used to, I used to definitely be a lot more like that, where I would send things based on emotion. Um, but now I'm getting a little bit better, being like, "All right, well, when was this article posted?" And realizing yeah. it's older, or it's not real, you know. But well, but yeah, Biden.
0: We find on the same topic was the right, bias, right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right,
1: right, right. Where is it from, and all that? Uh, yeah, Biden. Um, yes, and Biden uh, opposed. The integration of busing systems in in the late seventies. He also was quoted saying, and this is a actual quote from Joe Biden when he was a senator that he didn't want his kids growing up in a racial jungle, and that is something that Joe Biden has said. Um, He's also by
0: the way, people.
1: Yeah, all of it is. I'm actually, I've also, I've also posted it all on Facebook, which I've gotten a lot of uh, flack for that. I've gotten some people who are. Pretty upset about me just simply posting articles being like, hey, so, this is the candidate that you are you're, you guys are voting so for here. I wanna take this is a quick the dude.
0: Break because I want sure. to get why you are catching that flag. Because I am one of those people who give you that flag. It's a very specific. Oh, you're thing. one of the people that give me that flag? I'm one of the people. And we've had this conversation before why I give you the flag. So we'll be right back with more experiment 301. We're going to get right into the flag in a minute. Hello, beloveds. I know a little different of the ad this time, but we're trying to reach out to more companies. So if you are or know someone who is a black business owner, please let them know that there is a podcast that is looking for sponsors. So if you will or are willing to sponsor this podcast, please give me a shout at the KKPEE at gmail.com. That's the KKPEE at gmail.com. Thank you for your time. Welcome back to Experiment 301, beloveds. Back with Anthony again. So when we left off, we were talking about him catching flax about talking about Joe Biden. Let me tell you why you are catching (laughs) flax, Mr. Anthony. And I have this issue with everybody. Sean, the guy's my hero. He did the same thing. Diddy did the same thing. Let me tell y'all what the issue Kevin has. In every other election year, eviscerating a candidate, I'm all for it. Asking and demanding for all you can out of a candidate in the public forum and growing them and holding them accountable. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'll be the number one champion. When there's a Democrat in the office, I'm beyond the on their ass to make sure they stay with all these demands they're giving us. I'm for it. I'm with you. I'm with you in the struggle. Let me tell you where you lose. This election, the number one goal in the mind of every sane person should be. How do we eliminate Donald Trump's capacity? That should be on the mind of everyone. Impeachment is not an option before November. It's not going to
1: happen. He's already been impeached. He hasn't been removed. My
0: fault. Removal. 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 My fault. My fault. And we know that's not going to happen. They had the vote. It didn't happen. Right? So we got to vote. And publicly denigrating Joe Biden, who is the only viable option otherwise than Donald Trump. If you're going to say third party or green party, bro, get a fucking vote. We all know that no third-party candidate is going to win an election in the United States. That's just not going to happen. Well, that is
1: that is ultimately my plan, though, is to vote third-party. I just decided recently I'm, that Howie gonna Hawkins
0: is going to be. I call, listen, the third-party vote thing—you're literally giving votes to the other side. You're voting against your interests if you vote for a third party because you're voting I don't against agree. the person. You're voting against the person who is closest to your interests. Meanwhile, it's not a vote for that person, which counts as a vote for the other person. So for all you who are gonna go green, wait, party, say that again. Indian, for it's no longer so the vote you're taking away from Biden by voting for, let's say, the Green Party, for example, or Libertarian, wherever the fuck you decide to go.
1: Well, well I'm, I'm not, not voting for Libertarian vote. candidates. Yeah, I,
0: whatever. I'm just saying, example, third parties, right? Any third party vote is taken away from. I would think, talking politically, Joe Biden is not your guy. But as far as this election, that's close as close you're gonna get, buddy. <laughs> that's close as close you're getting, buddy. And not voting, giving him that vote, is a vote for Donald Trump, and I am not comfortable with that. Do I like Joe Biden as a candidate? Absolutely not. Did I
1: like? I just don't follow the logic though, because if if a vote for go
0: ahead, go ahead, a vote for who is a vote for
1: who? Right, right. If a vote for Biden is a vote against Trump, yes. And a vote for Trump is a vote against Biden shouldn't a vote Green Party be a vote against both Biden no, and Trump? Because
0: that, no, because that's not an option that's actually going to fucking win, and we all know that. You're literally throwing your vote away. We all know that. We, we're we not going to act, like, let's not be stupid, bro. Like, we, when does a third-party candidate win the election? When? When's the, where's the, when? When and how?
1: Well, perhaps it's not necessarily about, um, perhaps it's more so about ideas. And and getting, getting certain ideas more um, traction than they're otherwise getting.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I think, I also don't place 100% of my faith in the electoral system. In fact, I think representative democracy has failed us. And I think representative democracy will continue to fail us so long as it's representative
0: i'm with you every other election year i'm with you all i'm saying is for this one for this one time this is the last time i plan on just voting for a candidate because i don't want the other one in by the way so i'm i'm with you bro i'm 100 percent with you
1: see 2016 was my last time
0: <laughs> i get you.
1: that was my first time i
0: understand but when you say the ideals thing I think of Bernie Sanders and how his very campaign changed the face of the Democratic Party, changed their platform, changed everything they're going for, changed the things you have to talk about on the debate stage. Because Bernie was coming over that, Wasn't nobody talking about relieving college debt before Bernie came. Wasn't nobody talking about a tech he seriously before Bernie came. He changed the face of the Democratic Party while failing to get the nomination. Right. So, I, I get that. I get the push of the ideas every year, but this one. Because if on December 7th, Donald Trump is won, and there's record numbers in third party votes, and they just closed, let's say they even get more votes than the Democrats, because we're just all done with the Democrats. What, what do we prove? What do we prove? Other than now we have four years of Trump, what's the purpose? And that outcome I'm not comfortable with, and I know the only way to avoid the outcome is if Joe Biden wins. That's why he's getting out of it. Simple. Simple. Right. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I don't feel that way. To make you feel good and sleep good at night, you want all your morals, that's cool. But, like, I know the only option for getting, for getting Donald Trump out of office is electing Joe Biden. Well, I, I don't...
1: And I know there's a lot of people who do feel that way. I don't particularly feel that way, because I think... um when it comes down to the issues that I feel very passionate about, um, Joe Biden is not the candidate who's going to deliver on those issues. So when which it comes I, to Western, I, I, I want, Western, to when now. it comes to Western imperialism, um, both Donald Trump and Joe Biden are war criminals. Um, not only are they war criminals, um, but Biden, uh, Biden and Trump, both candidates who are very much in favor of continuing wars that don't need to happen. Biden, especially, he voted for the war in Iraq, um, which was a disastrous war. And uh, I really don't think that I don't think we should be continuing U.S. imperialism. Um, I also think it's very important to talk about, especially now, I think it's important to talk about Biden's record on crime as well as Donald Trump's record on crime. And they're both just,
0: terrible.
1: They're terrible. both terrible. Terrible record on terrible crime. Records. And I also don't see criminal justice reform happening under either of them, especially since Biden is somebody who or- helped orchestrate in, in, in a pretty big way, helped orchestrate uh, the war on drugs in America. And it's, it's sort of rise to prominence, which has had all kinds of implications on, I mean, really every marginalized community that has experienced drug use in some way has been hit by the and war listen, on drugs.
0: I'll do you be one better. A lot of these things you're saying about Biden, you could have said about Hillary last election, too.
1: Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, okay. that too. Uh, that too. I, I, I wasn't nearly I was as Republican radicalized election. as I was then.
0: I'm I'm with you. That's where right. that's my thing. I don't disagree with you, Anthony. Where I disagree is your conclusion of I can't vote for this person. Even if, So, are you comfortable with I vote third party and I want to get to the imperialism point too uh, later, so I'll put a pin in that. I vote third party. Donald Trump wins the next day. You are comfortable with that result? I, because that's what's gonna happen if a lot, if majority of people take your mentality if they're voting I voting.
1: don't think Biden is. First off, even if I did vote for Biden, I don't think Biden will win against Trump.
0: So I don't think don't Biden think has a chance anyway.
1: No, and I'll tell you why. It's because every time the Democrats prop up a moderate, they always lose. I mean, they they've done that the past few elections. They did it against Bush for John Kerry. John Kerry lost. Um, they, they were going to try it with Hillary Clinton, and then Obama came up, and he was poised as the progressive. And Ob- and that's why Obama won, was because he had a, a much more progressive uh, policy. Now, granted, this is, this is all from, from what I've understood about Obama. We, we can also talk about how Obama and, and Biden during their presidency were renowned for drone strikes, which killed thousands of civilians, um, which said- is a, a big problem.
0: I'm happy you said that. Not that you yeah. sound crazy. I I don't, I'm not happy people are getting stuck with drones, people. That's not what I'm happy about. How do yeah. you brought that up? Because you said they're both war criminals. I would challenge you to find me a president that isn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, I, I mean
0: I don't yeah. think that's a presidential thing. I think that's a United States is a operating system
1: nation. Yeah. Yeah. Lenin it's, it's Lenin said the highest it's, it's stage of capitalism is imperialism. Is imperialism. And he's but, right. If,
0: well, if you think about it, America was imperialized itself, starting from you, from the Europeans coming over here. So I, I
1: missed you, Kev. I couldn't hear you. What you, would you just if say? You
0: want, if you want to be honest, uh, can you hear me now?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah you're good.
0: All right, perfect. If you want to be honest, uh, America itself, in its birth, was from imperialism. So we. You can't run from where you come from. I'm not saying I'm for all these wars. Obviously, I'm not. I wish everybody can just sit in a circle and smoke a day together and we have world peace. That's where (laughs) I always always sit uh, as far as uh, world peace is concerned. But what my thing is, if we're going to call presidents war criminals, there's a lot more people that I think you have to get to first. Yeah, they may have the final say-so. But I'm not going to call a soldier coming back from my a war criminal. I'm not going to call the person who operated that drone strike in the army, because we're talking chess. They're merely the pawns in the greater scheme. And I would not, I have friends that are in the armed service, not to bring that into the personal thing, but I would never look at them and call them a war criminal. And I don't see their role in the war any different from the president's role in the war.
1: I think, um, yeah. I think the analogy I always use when I, when, it, when I talk about this kind of stuff is, and I think it's purely because I'm a historian, is, Very much uh, so, Viet- is, v- is Vietnam. I always go back to Vietnam. Whenever I think about uh, U.S. imperialism, whenever I think about uh, the Department of Defense, whenever I think about war crimes in America... Uh, you know, for me, looking at Vietnam is kind of where, where you see it, Mm -hmm. right? Where you had a lot of Americans who, who, you know, this was kind of what they did, like your, your idea. I mean, their, their parents were the greatest generation who fought in World War II and had a pretty bustling economy. And that was kind of the idea was you sort of go off to war and you come back and and that was the thought process behind it. So you have these kids who are like 19 years old from various backgrounds coming together to study guerrilla warfare in a place that's completely alien to them to fight a battle um, that they don't necessarily have an ideological say in um, no. because this is right at the beginning of the Cold War and they endure all kinds of atrocities for what reason? And not only do they endure all kinds of atrocities, but they commit all kinds of atrocities to people who. A lot of innocent lives were taken in Vietnam. A lot of people who were in non-combatant roles were, were killed in Vietnam. And uh, Vietnam is uh, one of the largest foreign policy blunders in American history. And at least, again, this is all in from from my understanding and my reading of history. Mm-hmm. Um, so Vietnam is a framework. Vietnam is an understanding. That's why I, I, I feel like I can really I, – I, I can't bring myself to endorse imperialism in America um, because of, of what it looks like for countries who, are, uh, who have been colonized and have been um, hurt by Western imperialism and also because uh, – People who are in the armed service also um, don't benefit from these endless imperialist wars. Um, but you have a you have a big point.
0: You have a big point. I don't point. know if I necessarily agree with that. What's that? That the soldiers don't. Ben- There's some ben- There's benefits to joining the army. There's benefits to joining the National Guard, the Navy. There's benefits. There's literally benefits.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. In, yes. In the there's, there's, scheme, there's economic incentive, but in I don't the think. Scheme of American. I mean, we live in a capitalist society, my man. Economic incentive is a lot.
1: No, I understand. Yeah, no, I know. It, but that I also think that a lot of people are. Um, I don't think. That you should have to go to war for any country to get your survival needs met.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you.
1: There should not right.
0: be a system that exists where a high schooler just graduated and his options are, I can't find a job out here. Let me go join the army. Like, no one should be joining the army. Right. That's,
1: that's a predatory system that takes advantage it's an imperialist system. It's a predatory system, and it takes advantage of people who are who are in some kind of who have some kind of economic need or economic detriment, where they need to get their survival needs met. They're looking for something to do in the future, and um, yeah, Vietnam is one of those wars. I look back to it where a lot of a lot of people did did kind of that, like they signed up because that's what they thought was supposed to happen, and the Vietnam War was. A lot more than than they signed up for um hearts and minds is a great documentary that kind of covers that it definitely has a clear bias i'll admit that it has a bit more of a left-wing bias to it um but it's a great documentary that does kind of show the impact of war on veterans and uh, it's not a good one so when it comes when we talk about u.s imperialism and we talk about war criminals um that's just the thing, right? Like, like you, you mentioned, you mentioned a lot of people are in, who are in political office are in some way related to some kind of war crime or, or putting, or putting people to war, whether it's not uh, a war crime in and of itself, it's still imperialism in, in, in a small way. Um, and I think that that's a very serious problem is that we have people who have political power, who Have either who are either guilty of war crimes or are actively going to contribute to U.S. imperialism, and I don't I don't think that that's a good thing at all. I also think when it comes to, um, did you want to stay on imperialism or did you want to switch it up? Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, uh, so wait, keep going to a different topic. Keep going, U.S. imperialism on imperialism
0: imperialism, because I don't think I think you're in the minority of people who have this like a. Deal breaking voting, uh, voting stance. I do want one background. What do you? I know you're against the concept of a political parties, but what do you consider yourself leaning? What would you consider your political affiliation? And then oh, we'll get back into
1: I'm later. so glad you asked. I um, I actually just joined up with a group. Um, so because of everything that's going on in America with the coronavirus and gone on with, um. Uh, The government's handling of it, as well as this election and everything that's sort of gone into that, Um, I decided to join up with the Democratic Socialists of America, and I joined them with the purpose and the sole purpose of joining the Libertarian Socialist Caucus um, within the Democratic Socialists of America. And uh, Libertarian Socialism is a wide sort of plethora, a school of thought in socialism that's not associated with the state it's actually completely against all forms of of hierarchy and um coercion and um imperialism definitely against imperialism the state is usually a big one that people are against some libertarian socialists consider themselves anarchists um some don't some don't uh i'm somewhere i'm I'm still trying to figure it out uh, what my political identity is. I know libertarian socialism is a background I feel comfortable with. So, you're familiar with the political compass? You've seen it before?
0: I have, but explain for the people that don't
1: know. Sure.
0: Um, maybe if, if you're able to find a picture of it online, oh, put yeah, it the in the podcast, I, that
1: would be great. Like because it's a very simple image, it's got that cross like image. I yeah. know this is a perfect, perfect display. <laughs> and you have the left and right axis of the spectrum it's all about the political spectrum political identity much like every other identity is kind of exists on this this spectrum you know there's no one set way that people can be we kind of exist in this you know milieu of this and that so left and right is an economic scale right is defines economic systems that are much more capitalist Um, in the way that they function it's closer to capitalism and this is of course a a reduction just to kind of touch all the bases of what the political compass test is Um, but on the left you have ideologies that are um, more socialist in nature and i socialism is a pretty charged word in america um it's one of those buzzwords that people hear and they're like oh socialism that's no good we don't want socialism there's
0: a, lot, um, there's a lot of that has to do with the cold war things we were talking about earlier oh yeah and um, i yeah, exactly. can get into the whole the whole
1: red scare and all that and, but liberta- and libertarian like, socialism is we'll very different
0: too. what's that we'll save the macartheism and we'll expand on mater- uh, imperialism for podcasts oh yeah i want you yeah. to finish up the political compass thought
1: yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um so left is definitely more socialist and then you have the, the top and the bottom here, which is another scale in and of itself, which talks about, uh, I believe, government style or, or governance or, or political style. I'm not entirely certain. Again, my background is in public history, not political science. Um, that's
0: your major, correct?
1: Yeah, that is. That is. That's what I just got my degree in. It's public, public oh, history oh, with a oh, dual oh. minor.
0: We got to hit the stunt button real quick, ladies and gentlemen. Damn! I'm gonna add the the stunts down in the uh, post. You got my, I got head, One more time. Damn! Damn! My man Anthony graduated recently from D.C. <laughs> University. With yes, I did. A degree in public health. And I, did you say? I mean, my public health. Sorry, public.
1: History. public history.
0: Public history and a double minor. You said.
1: A, a double minor in religion Damn! and Damn! philosophy. Damn! <laughs> and That's... I'm pretty sure i I graduated magna cum laude. I think. I don't know. I checked he the, the, the grades were posted this morning. Grades were posted this morning, and I checked my GPA. If my GPA is correct and if I'm reading it correctly, then I graduated magna cum laude. And so I'm kind guy. of excited about that.
0: One more, you know? stuff right damn! damn! <laughs> one more, one more. Uh, this my man.
1: So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. But po- politics has an interplay between all those three things. History, Absolutely, religion, yeah. philosophy. Philosophy is really political philosophy. I've, I've done a little, like, I like to read theory every once in a while. Every once in a blue moon, I read <laughs> theory. Um, and that's how I kind of came to this understanding uh, that I was a libertarian socialist. Um, because... So my political evolution started with the Sanders campaign in 2016, where I first started calling myself a democratic socialist. I was really more of a social democrat. And then um, as the years went on, I began reading a little bit of theory, read a little Marx, uh, read a little Lenin, and... uh, Oh, keep going. Keep going. going. And uh, then eventually I found the... Tests, which I knew about and I took it a few times and I found out I'm closer to the libertarian socialist spectrum um, which is political thinkers like uh, uh, Peter Kropotkin I think it's his name is pronounced Kropotkin I always say it wrong it's one of those um, strong Russian names he was an <laughs> early anarchist thinker who theorized, first theorized anarcho-communism um, and then I'm really big on right now Um, Murray Bookchin, um, who sort of created a set of ideas that are libertarian socialist, known as communalism. Um, I don't know how to exactly explain it. He also inspired a man named Abdullah Akhalan. I believe that's how you say his last name. I've only ever read these names. I've never really heard them read to me because I've only read them, you know, I've experienced it through texting people or reading online. um, So that makes it difficult for pronunciation. But Abdullah Akalan is uh, or was, you know, he's still alive. He's just currently in prison, um, which he should be freed. He's, He's in prison in Turkey because he is part of the people's movement in Rojava in Syria. So there's all kinds of political turmoil going on in Syria right now. And one of those liberation struggles is um, the internationalist People's Commune of Rojava. And it is a political movement of Kurdish Kurdish people, people who are are Kurdish. And they're trying to get – they're essentially trying to to have a place because they're a a group that's been very much overlooked – by, I believe, both Syria and Turkey.
0: Mm.
1: I i don't understand too much of the struggle, but I do know that Turkey, as well as ISIS, are both groups that have been causing the, the Kurdish people um, have been causing the Kurdish people uh, I guess harm would be the word. i have been doing a lot of harm to Kur- the, the Kurdish people, repressing them, um, not allowing them a liberation struggle, and it is a political movement that's going on they have uh, I, I guess you could call it an army they have an army there that sort of uh is you know taking the fight right to the front lines and trying to liberate the kurdish people so those are the the political thinkers that i currently am working with i'm yeah. i'm not nearly as familiar as i should be i'm very new to this game like I realize that I talk about libertarian socialism as if I'm entirely comfortable with it or as if I have um, a complete awareness of what entails libertarian socialism but the truth is is I'm still learning still very much learning you, in I fact I think
0: you speak with more fervor than a democrat would speak about them, about being a democrat and they don't know who all that sort fully of entails and Yeah
1: I don't think you necessarily need to know everything in order to feel comfortable um, Feel comfortable with something. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, you gotta know enough that makes you comfortable. You gotta know the repercussions. Right. I always say repercussions. Right. The, the repercussions are okay, right. But the reason I ask uh, about your background and all that is because I want people to know that you're not just spitballing here. These are educated. Like I said before, I don't in- engage in intellectual conversation with just anybody. <laughs> like, this man went about the, the way of, I hope you're a politician one day. I don't know what your end goal is, but. The way of, <laughs> I educated myself on, the, on why it happened. I educated myself on the people's main source of belief, which is religion. And I'm educating myself about the way people think about the world, which is philosophy. So the fact that you're doing all that to make yourself a more well-rounded person is remarkable in my mind. So for me, my follow-up question is, I find, back to the political compass thing, I find that people mm-hmm. who move more to the left are people who study PR, more the people people who think about the good of the people and what will be best for society at large. And the people who are more right-leaning are the people who come from more economic or legal background, like business people, bank people, lawyers, people along those lines. Am I off in my assessment, or would you agree with me? Well, I
1: think, you know, there's people... I think when it comes to the political identity and all that, I mean... Right. So like intersectionality, talking about, you know, the intersection of different identities existing in in, in one person at a time. Right. Absolutely. You know how you can be you can have all kinds of intersections in your in your background. So I think I don't necessarily know how true that assessment is. I think you can have people of all different backgrounds to care for the people. Um, and then you can have, also have people of different backgrounds who are. More concerned with, you know, profit and, and and structures and power hierarchies and all that.
0: There we go.
1: Um, but I think when it comes to the left, because the left being a, a more economic understanding, because you have, so you have the political compass here, right? Left, right, or at least this is my left. And my right. I don't know if it looks like that on the camera. I'm right here
0: I'll, where I I'll work it in post it's right
1: fine. here the upper left would be known as the authoritarian left and that is um, socialism that depends upon a state and uh, the libertarian left usually typically not all of them they don't necessarily require a state um, because the notion is that a state is inherently a coercive entity and um, And we don't need institutions of coercion in society in order to have um, a functional society. So I think when it comes to talking about the left, the left definitely is inclined toward – it is – the left holds popular ideologies for people who have experienced some kind of marginalization, economic detriment – Oppression, any of those sort of things, I would I would think that the the left is very much, um, I, I guess a, a home for that. I guess that would be the word I'm looking for. Yeah, a home for all those sort of ideas. Because while
0: the right, uh, it seems I've seems that they make their decisions yeah. without that basis, without that background in mind, without the marginalized people in mind. It seems like the marginalized people get left out of most uh, right-wing ideals.
1: Well, I think that there's a notion that that there is no such thing as marginalization in in some right-wing circles. I think there's a notion that... You know, so when we talk about one very clear um, kind of oppression that isn't necessarily talked about as much but is a very clear on the left and isn't clear on the right is uh the relationship between people who work and people who profit off people who work
0: absolutely right
1: so so in libertarian socialism or at least my under well in anthony's little libertarian socialist you know brain right i fundamentally believe that all labor is dependent upon labor, meaning that the, this, this coffee that I'm drinking right now is, is uh, dependent upon the labor that goes into actually creating the coffee, but the labor before that, that comes from uh, getting the coffee beans from, from where they grow, harvesting them. So labor depends upon labor, meaning if we have a society that's created upon labor and we're all working for one another the notion is is that we shouldn't be too concerned over who owns labor because labor is collectively owned or at least that's something that uh kropotkin talks about in the conquest of bread um he has this notion that um you know we as working people rely on other people who work in order for us to to survive we need each other we need each other to survive to, to do this work. So for us to privatize our labor and and to, you know, to modi- commodify that and uh, make profit off of other people's labor, we consider that to be a kind of theft. You know, you're taking something from somebody who genuinely needs it, or you're completely neglecting the fact that we all rely upon each other's labor. So we're in that way, we're all really not getting paid the full value of our labor. And uh, I mean, there's a couple reasons why we don't get paid the full value of our, of our labor. Again, I'm still very new to this, but Marx talks a little bit about it in the Communist Manifesto. Um, and But if you go toward the right, I think one of the largest notions on the right is the notion of uh, private property and, and capitalism. Being the dominant economic system and, and the notions of owning m- material, owning land, um, all that kind of stuff, and uh, that that can that poses serious serious issues for people who do not have access to wealth, power, and resources. There we go. Um, so yeah, that's how I kind of feel about that. I, so, you know so so- I but- like to believe that a lot of people comes to political identity a lot of people believe what they believe believing that they're doing the right thing
0: absolutely
1: i think that that a lot of people i I don't i don't think that we would ever willingly believe something wrong
0: i was gonna say you don't assume that people make their political decisions like well, fuck gay people. Fuck black people. No, no, no. Yeah, they're, they're well, black.
1: there are some. Oh, yeah, there <laughs> are some. There's there are yeah, then, there's a majority and they I exist. Like they're they're pretty vocal too.
0: <laughs> I would like to assume that that is a vocal minority and that the majority of people are just simply voting their own interests and their own interests just may not include me in mine. That's the way I like to think about
1: the Perhaps. Voting.
0: But to put a button on all this, I want you to answer one simple question for me. One sure. S- what is the matter of fact give me five things that is on your dream candidates platform that you are going to go to bat for, Mr. Anthony? What is the five things on the platform that this candidate has to have in there to guarantee you vote?
1: That's a difficult question because
0: there's a quick five, just quick five.
1: Well, because the notion of a of a perfect candidate is in some ways antithetical to my political ideas. But
0: yeah, it's kinda of, it's a little oxymoronic, just a little
1: bit. I don't disagree with with, with voting in the context that for right now. I have this feeling that since I have a vote, I should use it. And whoever's there, um, I should pick who I feel aligns best with what I believe should happen. And that's kind of my take now. It might change where where I might be like, no, I don't want to do candidates or none of that. But for right now, I still feel this compulsion to vote. So in that case, you're saying five issues?
0: five issues that this candidate is on here what are the stances that this candidate has to have that is the closest to you that hit the what are the five things that hit closest the home like for me it's the advancement of black people legal sure. advancement of black people uh reforming the criminal justice system economic equality reparations legalization marijuana those are my five <laughs> yeah those are pretty my, good five like pretty that, good five that's that's what I'm going to offer. It the closest you are to those five for me, that is how you get Kevin Pierce. Mm-hmm. So I'm asking you the same thing. Not that yeah. I think you're a perfect candidate, but if you got those five intact, I'm willing to endure a, a pretty good deal of bullshit to make sure those five uh, end up being on the back. Sure. Hmm. I think one of them is
1: um is Completely ending the war on drugs.
0: Yes. So I'll be the okay. So I'll
1: be the one. That's it's one the, of them. Completely the end ending the war on drugs and everything imperialism that.
0: Imperialism up there as well.
1: Yeah, an end to an, an end to U.S. imperialism, definitely. Um, yeah, yeah, big big time end to imperialism. Um, and and I think oh, climate change. How can I forget that? Oh, climate change, change.
0: Is, my, is my honorable mention. Yeah, the climate change is, is a big but, one. The only reason is because I feel like those first five are more immediate, as far as the things we could do. Yeah, just climate change is just out of the top five.
1: Is my big one, because um, I also believe in the in a concept that Murray Bookchin theorized, known as social ecology. It's uh, this notion that um, the treatment of the environment often. Um, Contributes to and is connected to uh, the lack of distribution of wealth, power, and resources in 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 like people's lives. So there's a connection between the treatment of the environment and uh, the access that individuals have. So the worse we treat the environment, um, the the worse the worse we make things for other people. If that, that makes sense. Tough. Uh, so climate change is a big one. Uh, so, it's our last, so it's our
0: last two. And then we'll close so I got, that. yeah,
1: I got, what do I got? I got ending U.S. imperialism. End I got US ending the war on drugs. drugs. I got climate change. Um, I'm probably also going to go with. I'm going to go with abolition of both prisons and the police. Can I make that one?
0: Yeah, that'll be one. Yeah,
1: be one. abolition of prisons and police. I actually have um, Dr. Angela Davis's book. I have it on my computer, but I haven't read it yet. It's only ninety six pages, it's, so I don't know good, what I'm doing. The
0: Good Queen Mother Angela Davis is, is gracing my wall. Yeah, really, I have I her. Do not have the book. I will have her book by the time this comes out. Can get
1: it for free online.
0: Can you really send me the
1: link? I need that. Yeah, I need yeah. that right now. Yeah, there's so. Uh because the idea that you know left-wing people like to share things for free, believing that all things are produced by labor for labor. Um the Marxist Digital Art Archive has a whole thing of it has it has uh I used actually used their stuff in one of my most recent projects. Um so they have Angela Davis's book, they have uh books by Huey Newton. They've got all kinds of stuff. There and there's the, also the Anarchist Library. They they do some pretty cool stuff, too. So if you're looking for free texts,
0: Links like will be political in the texts, below, people.
1: Great, great stuff. Great stuff, stuff there. All right. My last, last one, one. My last one. My last one. My last one. Oh, I think... Oh. Oh, that would be a good one, wouldn't it? Maybe. I think... My perfect candidate would definitely, definitely work towards getting rid of uh, the system of capitalism, and working towards something that is uh, more socialistic in nature, more um, more focused on people and the needs of people. A a, a, uh, someone that is focused on restructuring society based upon needs and actual human needs and not profit.
0: There we go.
1: I think that's yeah. the bottom line for me is it's all about how do we, you know, get people's needs met and not necessarily focus on profit.
0: So with yeah. that, Mr. Anthony Clagg, I have to thank you. This has been amazing. Thank uh, you. I have to thank you. You're my favorite type of guest where I don't have to ask for more background on what you're saying. You'll give it to me. I don't, gotta ask. I don't <laughs> gotta ask for context. I don't gotta explain. There's a couple times I have to do explain to the people, but that's because some things that are common knowledge to you, other people are kind of, you know. So, yeah, I'm very thankful that you joined today's podcast, Mr. Black. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. And with that, we're going to go ahead and close. This has been Experiment 301. I am Brother Beloved, and we'll catch you later this week.